watch this week's Dev in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, uh, fresh from keeping the economy going. Hopefully, he'll get through the show before having to pump some more into the economy. Well, we'll see, mate. I hope so. I hope so. I'm looking forward to me. Uh... Be time off on, on Thursday, but uh, but yeah, good to be on the show, lads, and uh, looking forward to talking about Salford. Hopefully, we won't get interrupted. Yeah, also on the show, we've got Salford's very own Bear Grills. We've got Paul Parkin, fresh <laughs> from his camping expedition, Parker. Uh, talk us through it. Um, no, it was, it was fantastic, lovely sort of escape, you know, a lot of peace and quiet and fields and lakes. And um, no, it was nice, just what was needed, really, just to you know, blow the cobwebs away. It was uh, it was nice first week. We went for a couple of days. It was a little bit cold. I'll say that at night. It went uh, a bit cool. But the, uh, the the second week, we went back up that way, up into the Lake District, and uh, it was beautiful. Absolutely stunning. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. But I must admit, I think this is the this is the first pod I've been on in, in three weeks now. Uh, so I didn't want you to sack me, so I thought I'd better put my hand up <laughs> and come back on. Um, but, yeah, no, I've had, a, I've had a nice time, nice little break. Um, but I've missed talking Salford. Yeah, me and me and Paul worried about your Wi-Fi connection, weren't we, Paul? But the, the photos we we saw were, were beautiful. I'd love to go camping round a round a lake like that. I love a I love a good UFO conspiracy theory, and I've, I've seen a lot a lot of uh, documentaries uh, where they usually just pop up from the the lake or just over the mountain. So I'd have been there with my binoculars at night, waiting and hoping. That sadly, with my eyes, I, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't see a UFO from the moon, so it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been a a uh, difficult, well, a different week for me. Uh, me, me car failed its MOT on the lights, so uh, immobile uh, now. Uh, Paul, I'm not talking about the Italian striker either. No, no, it's it sounds like it's kaput that car of yours, yeah. doesn't it? Really, no, it's uh, going to the car graveyard by the <laughs> When's your new one coming? I thought you'd ordered a new car. Yeah, end of September. So hopefully. Um, I was hoping that my old car would carry carry me through, but giving up the old ghost now. So, you know, public transport awaits. I think, unfortunately, Ooh. it's not the best, is it? Public transport. No. It's pretty bobbins, isn't it? Really, it is what it is. Unfortunately, it is. It is indeed. So, um, enough of my enough of my sad story. What we'll do now? We'll talk uh, rugby league. Look forward to all. Look back at the victory against Hull. Uh, and the defeat against Casper, all the big news coming out of the Salford Devils last week and this week. We've got Paul's amateur report, and then we're going to preview the game on Saturday against Warrington. So what we'll do, we'll start off looking back at the Hull win. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Parkett, victorious against Hull at the AJ Bell Stadium. They won 42 points to 14. Uh, good mm. result. Very good result. I thought they played very well. Um, obviously, they played Catalan a couple of days earlier. Uh, and I was wondering how much we had in the tank. Uh, but we had plenty in the tank and a uh, very good performance. Fantastic. Easily the best performance of the year. I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt in that. I mean, to, to be fair, we've not had a lot to, to go at most of the time. But... Uh, no, from from I think I think Hull probably had 10, 15 minutes of that game. And the rest of it was ours. We were we were super. Everything we did, we we seemed to just get the tactics right. You know the fact that Hull are a massive side and their pack was huge. I was sat just near the bench, and when you see them warming up, you you realise that you know our, our forwards aren't the biggest, and we were going to struggle if we thought we were going to run over them. And when we started throwing that ball about, especially in the second half, we we were unstoppable. Some of our players. Really got to show their skills and what you know what we've got. Um, a brilliant performance, great tactics, and and a fantastic result. Which I must admit was I, I didn't expect anything like. I thought the, the score might have been reversed with Hull obviously chasing top six and us not having anything to play for. But uh, no, brilliant, great, great performance. Um, and we seem to just knock the confidence out of Hull a little bit, and to, you know, not the stuffing out of them, and and they didn't know where to go. I think. We made Mark Sneed look very silly at times, some of the things he was trying. And, and we just nullified their forwards. Uh, and then we let the ball go and we tied them out. Great performance all round. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there, Parker. I thought the forwards were fantastic. Shows, Paul, that we have 
sort of a different uh, sort of game plan. We, we can play with the big forwards, but, but we couldn't this week. We had to go with the forwards who were going to run all day. And that was the difference, I thought. I thought our, our forwards were, were fantastic. Uh, got got a good sort of goal forward and, and Hull weren't able to deal with that. No, they weren't. I thought we moved the ball really well and, and you can look at the pack and... I know, uh, looking at the game, uh, the Magic weekend, we've probably got the first our first choice packs probably out injured. I mean, you can top the, the players up there, all the big men are missing. Lee Mossop's gone as well. So, it's it's difficult. But I thought against Hull, we were very, very mobile. I thought we moved the ball superbly well. And when it goes to the to the edges, you've got Ken Seo and Joe Burgess on the wings there. And you've got two cracking wingers there. I mean, obviously, Reese Williams was missing, who's another belting winger. But those two, I thought, played really well. Joe Burgess is looking now like the winger that he was at Wigan. So uh, so it's great to see him on the ball. I think another thing for me as well is is it Chris Nanini's goal kicking. It's so important when you're going up in sixes. I mean, that reliability. It's just, I think it's just an, an extra sort of, it's in the head, I think, when you're going up in sixes. You're just that cushion, aren't you, in front. So when we got in front in that second half, I um, I thought we could have had 60 points there. I really did. We, we looked like we scored every time we had the ball. We were so creative, so dangerous. And, uh, you know, Hull aren't a bad side. They've got some good players, but I thought we, we made them look really poor and I think it was credit to, to the players that we've got there. So there's some big minutes from the forwards and um, Harvey Lovett again, who got a single him out, I think, because at times this season he's playing on one leg. He looks absolutely shattered, but uh, no, they got through the game. So, no, like Parky said, totally agree with him. Best performance of the season, that, Rob. It, it really was, really was a fantastic display. Yeah, Ken Seal with four tries as well. Parker, you know, some of them fantastic finishes. It shows that when you have quality on your edges, on your wings, and you give them the ball, they know how to score. Joe Burgess on one side, Ken Seo on the on the other. Four tries in a game. Uh, you know what what a performance. Well, I mean, Kenny Seo, uh, his scoring record for us is something ju- just ridiculous. He, you know the, the ratio that he scores tries at, um, and and for me, he's well up there with the best wingers in the league. No, no doubt about it. When he gets the ball, he's, he's dangerous. Our problem's been getting him enough ball in space at times throughout the year. Um, or, you know, we find our wingers just bringing the ball out of defence constantly. But when we get, you know, when we started to, to break free against Hull, you know, him and, and his link with uh, Inu was was just something to behold. It was brilliant to see. Uh, and obviously, you know, Inu's goal kicking, like Paul said, you know, banging over doesn't matter where you score. You don't have to score under the posts all the time. Um, but I thought Kenny Seo was was outstanding. And, you know, I don't want to go into to, to too many details, but, you know, if Ken's not with us next year, it's going to be a massive blow because he's just been... Every time he's played for us, he's been outstanding throughout the, what, three years he's been with us. Um, I'd love to see, you know, a couple more years, but whether that happens, I don't know what his contract situation is, but brilliant on the day. Uh, the, of the three quarters, like you say, I mean, Sarge linking up with, with Burgess, which is a, a partnership they've had before at Wigan. Again, like Paul said, starting to see Burgess sort of get, get to that level where he's been. Obviously, injuries have, have dogged him for a while now. But again, you he, he, he can see his pace. I mean, when he, when he gets a bit of space, wow, he can shift. So that, that's a dangerous line. And with, with Morgan at the back, our, our attacking options were, were fantastic that day and they all linked up really well. Yeah, Chris Atkin as well. Paul, you know... Great performance from him, you know, here, there and everywhere. And, and that's, you know, put a lots of uh, sort of thoughts in Richard Marshall's head, obviously, for next season. Well, he is. He is. I think he's probably one of our most consistent players for the season in his creativity roles, you know, of Arpac. I know he played Ucker in that game against Hull and uh, I think he's very creative. He works his socks off as well. He's not one of these players that goes missing for half a game. He, he's there, he puts big minutes in, he's always working hard and geeing the other players up and where's that on his sleeve as well? If he does something wrong or something doesn't quite work out for him, you can see he's frustrated. So, a very, very wholehearted player and, you know, I think we'll get another big season out of him next year, Chris, Chris Atkin. I think he's been great. Just going back to what you said about Joel Burgess, I think now with Joe, if we can get him a, a good run in the, the side, I'm on about a dozen, 20 games on the spin now, you know, a big run of, of games. I think you'll see him back to his best. I'd just like to echo what you said about um, Ken Seo as well, Parkett. For me, I think he's up there with, with the best wingers in the league. You name a better finisher than him. You give him a ball and he'll score. He'll beat men and he'll score. And if Salford want to do anything next season, we need to keep older players like him. I've heard players mention who we're after next season. Not as good as Ken Seal. You need to keep Ken Seal. Really do need to keep him. I know there's rumours that someone 
his niece of state Salford. Ken Seal needs to state Salford. He's one of the best wingers we've had in a long, long time. Um, and if you've got Burgess on the other ring, you've got Reese Williams there as well. In a season, you're going to get injuries. So you need that that, that squad depth. So you've got three good guys there in, in Seal, Burgess and, uh, and, and Reese Williams. I think we were, we were laughing there. We've got some some really good players. So, uh, so yeah, let's hope we can hang on to those two. Yeah, they are they are you know good, good players. Obviously, like you said, Ken Seal. Um, we don't know what the situation is regarding his, his his sort of status for next season. You're hoping we can keep keep hold of him, Parky. But obviously, we know with with the the salary cap, you know, funding going down, and the we need a decent a sort of size squad to cope with, uh, you know, COVID and any other injury stuff that might hit us between sort of next season. So, I suppose Richard Marshall will have sort of tough decisions mm. to make, not just on. Uh, Ken Seo, you've got other players who, have, who are, are in the, you know, last year of the contract. They've got to, you know, make a decision on what they want to, how much they want to be paid, and how much we can afford to pay them. Yeah, that's the. I mean, obviously, we know as a club we're not less with money, and that's that's always going to be an issue. And if someone comes knocking on a, you know, the player's agent's door and says we'll offer him this much, he's got a short career. Some, you know, you've got to go and make your money, and I, I don't blame any player for that. I think with with the, the likes of CEO, players like that are pretty rare uh, as a finisher like Paul said. And I think I, I would direct more funds to him than perhaps other players. I would happily let other players leave the club to keep him because he's he is a special player. He's a special wing. Like I said about his scoring rate, I'm not I'm not sure, too sure where we're up to now, but at one point it was more than, I think it was more than one one every other game. It, it's ridiculous. Considering we're not a team that scored a lot of points, especially this year, I think Average about fourteen to sixteen points a game. So how he's managing it, I don't, I don't know. But I know it's a tough decision, and obviously the club have, have, have got to do what they can with the money and get as many players to cover all these positions. And but I, I'd be, I'd be pretty upset to see Ken go. But like you say, there are others in there. I mean, in who, what, what's going to happen with him? Yeah, as he come back in the side, he's, he, you know, he's been unplayable most of the time, uh, and and several others who were on the, the last year of the deal. So. Yeah, you've just got to you've got to be wise with the money. You know, we need to we need to have a, a balanced squad. But I just think certain players like that, you build teams round rather than let them go and just keep bringing in fringe players from teams that may get relegated. That'd be my worry. But you know, we've done it before, so we'll, we'll see. Sometimes you bring a player in who comes from a sort of relegated team or a team that's struggling and turns into a, a superstar. Gil Dudson, for example. Well, yeah, and Chris Dane, where did we sign him from? Witness. Mm. And there were a few eyebrows as we were raised, I think, when we signed him. But I think with Chris Dane, you've got a guy there who's played in grand finals in Australia, hasn't he? And you've already got to watch him on the pitch, how laid back the man is and how, how quality is that, that touch of class that he has. And like Parker says, people like that don't come along very often. So you do have to adapt and, and, and look to those. It's, it's talisman, aren't they? I think Inu is, and if you look at Ken Seo now, I believe he's gone to the top of the try-scoring charts. He's the leading try-scorer in Super League now, which is something to be proud of. That's that's brilliant. So, uh, so yeah. If you're Ken Seo's agent, you listen to the last sort of three minutes of his podcast. You've clipped it up and posted it to to Paul King, haven't you, to see him get an extra couple of quid out of him? Back. You can blame me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so like I say, great performance. Looking at the uh, the tackles. Uh, top tackler Sam Luckley with 27, Ryan Landon with 25, Ollie Roberts with 23, Chris Atkin with 32, and Ellis Robson with 24. Forwards there, Parky, working hard. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's still a lot of tackles considering we had the majority of the ball, I would have thought. Certainly yeah. that second 40 minutes, I think all might have had about five minutes of, of decent pressure, and then that it was all us, if I remember rightly. But uh, yeah, some good stats there, some good numbers. Um, it's a shame we've not had them numbers when we've taken a beating. Um, you know, maybe it might have been a bit more respectful in certain games. But no, that's good. Ellis Robson, been, been impressed with him while he's been with us. Uh, more good good numbers. And I hope, you know, he's a player that I hope we can we can do a deal with. I don't know what the situation Again, all these players, I don't really know what's what's going on. I don't know if the contracts are worth anything anymore. But um, I'd like to see him stay and develop with us. And uh, and it sort of goes along with it, the remit that Ian Blees and Paul and everybody else have put down about having so many soft lads in the team. You know, as we move forward, well, there's him and and Wellesley to start with. So uh, I'd like to see him stay. But good, good numbers, good defensive work, and he seems to put in a real shift because when he comes off back to the bench, the man, the, the, the lad's knackered. Mm. He's just, you know, he he, he works everything he's got. So uh, yeah, no good. That really, really good defensive work. Yeah, we can He's kind of living our dream, isn't he? 
really. I mean, being a fan and, you know, we, we kind of live our dream through him. So as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, you know, the world is oyster, Paul. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Alex Robson, to be honest with you. I know it's in that game against Hull. Does a lot of work out wide as well, linking up in the channels, linking up with the centres there out wide. So he's a very busy player. Very busy player. He gets his hands on the ball. He offloads as well. So, you know, I, I like what I see. He's not just an head down merchant. He's got a bit about him. He's got something to work with as well. And he's only young as well. So he's only going to get better, you know, as he learns and goes forward. Another guy, Sam Luckley, I think has been tremendous. Particularly in the last few weeks, he's starting to get in the team. And I thought he played really well at the Magic Week. And that game against Hull, he came on there. He doesn't... At first, he was a bit green, but I think now he's really settled into the side. Now he comes on, he, he's strong, he, he attracts defenders, and he's always looking to get the ball out as well. His offload game's really good. So I think, again, going into next season with a, another full pre-season behind him, I think he's going to be mustered next year. I think you're looking at a really, really good forward there. So like we said there, Ellis Robson as well, you know, good young player. You've got Jack Wells in there. There's some real good young forwards at the club now. So we, we need to... And Josh Johnson as well. Must 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 mention Josh Johnson because I think since Lee Mossop's gone, he's been like a starting prop, hasn't he? Not the biggest guy in the world, but he's another one. Runs he runs through a brick wall for you. Really does. So, uh, so yeah, we, we need to keep nurturing these lads now and, um, and uh, just keep progressing with them because I think they're doing well for us. Yeah, I always say um, to Paul Parker that good teams have... Players who I call them eight out of ten players, play who, players who play at eight out of ten every week, regardless. And we're starting to get a few of them in in this team now, uh, which which is good. And you're hoping that Richard Marshall can obviously get a few more in in the in the transfer market. And next season we can uh, turn into well, we can roll back the years for a playoff spot and uh, maybe a grand final finish. Well, you're right. The first the first person who really sort of enlightened me on that was Carl Harrison during his time with us, and he. He had players like Andrew Brocklehurst and, and Ryan Clayton and Simon Baldwin and people like that. And he, he said that you can't have all superstars. You can't have, you know, you need players who are just willing to roll the sleeves up and do the unfashionable stuff. And he said it he, while he was at Bradford, um, in that great Bradford team, they, well, I'd say great, they bullied everybody, but, you know, um, <laughs> there, there was a couple of back rowers there that they had that were just there to do a job you know, they weren't the ones getting the headlines or anything like that. And he, you know, he, he sort of said that you need players like that. And obviously he took his his coaching style from, you know, right back to probably Brian Smith and uh, Matthew, um got his name. Anyway, you know, that, that kind of thing. So he, um, he he sort of mentioned that. And I think that's what we've got. We've got quite a few players like that who are willing to just roll the sleeves up and get, get stuck in and do the job. Uh, I believe the uh, the guy we've been linked with, or maybe signed, I'm not sure, from, from North Queensland, He's he's that type of player from reports that I've, I've gathered. A guy that's just honest, you know, he'll toil his, his socks off for you, and he's not gonna he's not gonna be winning Man of Steel anytime soon. But you'll get you'll get hundred percent out of him, and, and and you need players like that. And we have got some really good ones, um, and you just sprinkle a little bit of stardust on in between, and you you know you've got the makings of a great side. A bit like what we had in twenty nineteen, you know, at start of the season, weren't we a you know a misfits team and this and that believed in themselves got stuck in and we still had that little bit of quality dotted around the pitch obviously Jackson Hastings Lussick people like that it, it can take you a long way just just a lot of hard work yeah looking at the stats uh, the metres Paul uh, Ken Seal 229 uh, Joe Burgess 141 Ryan Lannan 91 Oliver Roberts 88 Josh Johnson 116 Harvey Levette 119 Ellis Robson 84 uh, Ryan Lannan for me another one of them unsung heroes for me, uh, Graf's, you know, works hard, quite experienced, really, compared to to a lot of players in this uh, in this squad. Uh, always puts the shift in. Yeah, well, he's been around for a while now, Ryan. Now he's probably looking about five, six, six years or so. We come inside about twenty fifteen. So it's, yeah, yeah. he made his debut at the back end of that season. So and he's he's been away, uh, went to Ulkar, didn't he, and came back and. Uh, no, he's a, he's a useful player. I think he's a player that needs to, to get his nut down now because now should be the time he's coming into the prime of his career, really. So he's got to... Uh, I'm just going to tap my dog here. He's, he's, got to, uh, he's got to keep working hard. But no, he's a, like you say, we've got players there. You just mentioned the guy from Australia, Parky mentioned that. His name escapes me, but we've got another guy at the club, Elijah Taylor. 
who I can't wait to see a bit more of. He's been incredibly unlucky with injuries this this season. You know, he's he's had COVID. I think he lost 10 kilograms due to COVID. Um, that's a lot of weight for him to lose, you know, a guy of his size. And I think he, at the moment he's got um, rib a rib injury I think it is at the moment that's keeping him out this scene so I was talking to somebody at the weekend and he was asking me about Taylor when you think he'll come back and my opinion on that is I wouldn't bring him back now I'd let him finish the season you know and rehab for next I wouldn't rush him back now I'd let him get 100% fit and bring him back next year because he's going to be another workhorse so we have got the, the makings of a like we're all saying got the makings of a really good side I think now and the, the guy next season Brodie Croft's coming in who's supposed to got that bit of X factor. So if we can sprinkle a bit of stardust round, as you say, we've got the we've got the workers there as well. It should be exciting. It should be an exciting year next year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Obviously, all these players that, that work hard, Parky, you need that in, in, in your squad. Um, I always said with Ryan Lanning, you get in his head and you turn him into a, a world-class second row. Yeah, well, I think I've said it on here before. When I first saw him, I thought he, was, he had potential, like, say, back in 2015, 16, to go on and make an international place of his own, he had he had the athleticism. He had, you know, he, he wasn't afraid of anything, and he was always going to bulk up and get better. Um, I think a lot of it, a lot of what maybe held him back in in the past is himself. In his, you know, probably his discipline's been been poor, which this season seems to have improved since that early uh, uh, incident against Hull. I think second game in was it, and he got sent off or whatever. Ever since then, he seems to have, have, have cleaned up his acts a lot. And it, like Paul said, if he gets his head down, he, he's a very valuable uh, asset. Him and, and Harvey in the back row, you know, are two, two real, you know, still youngish talents. Well, certainly in Harvey's case as well. Um, so, yeah, we have, we've got a lot of that. And I just think we just need that little bit, something to spark us. And, and the potential's there. We, we've been unlucky. We've had a lot of suspensions, a lot of injuries. COVID is, is you know, like Paul said there, with, especially with Elijah, has, has just knocked the stuffing out of a lot of us. If we'd have had a full team out most of the year, which you could say that about every team, but I, I think we'd have be a lot, lot higher up the table than we actually are. Yeah. Big thanks for your three-word match reports and Man of the Matches. Rick Andrew, absolutely unbelievable. Jeff, his Man of the Match was Chris Atkin. Ricky P and his dog's in sale. In-laws visited. His Man of the Match was CO. Mr. Game. Uh, OSF Discipline reached reward. His Man of the Match was Chris Atkin. Natalie Taylor. Saw it coming. Inu. Tony Frame. Loved every minute. Colin Reynolds. Oh, Ken CO. David Deakin. Season's best performance. Ken CO. Chris and Janet Shenton, players in positions, Inu slash Seal, if you couldn't decide. Uh, Nicholas Fletcher, great team efforts, Atkins. James Hoskinson, some real graft, Seal. Mike Pevitt, Vowles Bostit. Lou Keane, superb team farmers, Ken Seal. Joseph Lockley, box worth it. We always like to watch a winning performance in a box, don't we, uh, Paul? I don't know. I can't remember the last time I watched a winning performance in a box. <laughs> what was that other one? There was it a coded message that they got off someone there. Did they some get a word of trigger. that one? So, someone's getting triggered. <laughs> right, some right. mind, yeah. mind uh, hypnosist thing. Let's have a look. Matt Carr, more like it. CO. Richard Morton clicked at last. Atkin. Chris Seedhouse. Errors were cut out. Josh Johnson. Your mate, Roy Ellaby. He missed it as well, Ken CO. So, yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports of Man of the Matches. And uh, Parker, yeah, happy to uh, report another good, another great win. Uh, bumped up our win performance, uh, which is always also always a good thing. Yeah, I think uh, at this stage of the season, the win didn't really matter in many ways. It was about performance, you know, and we certainly got that from the lads, didn't we? Again, you go through the names that were listed there. There's so many, like, different names. Players... Mm. Player that didn't get mentioned from the whole game was uh, was Tui Lola Hea, yeah. who I thought again was, was was really you know really clever, really smart. But Chris Atkin, he's such a quick thinking sort of player. That try he scored, you know, he, he's he's going to be a massive asset. I know he signed the, the new deal and so on, but he, at half back or at, at, at hooker, he, he's been so good all year. And, and even last year when he first sort of come into the team, he, he's got. He's just got that something about him that that you know that smarts that you need every now and then. Um, will he play every week? Probably not. I just don't. You know, that's that's my sort of personal view that he's he's kind of a bit of both. 
you know, he's useful as a utility player. And sometimes that can go against you. But again, against Hull, he, he was brilliant. He really was. He, you know, again, we'd lost another player and he just came in and he, he was probably better than the player who replaced him in many ways. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see so many different names being mentioned, like Paul mentioned before. And so, someone voted in Man of the Match was Josh Johnson. You know, very, very rare as a, you know, a grafting prop forward get get any mention for a man of the match. So it just shows how, how well he played. Yeah. So uh, let's now look at the Magic Weekend uh, defeat at Castleford. Paul lost 29 points to 18. I thought, you know, we, we grafted, we worked hard, uh, but Cass, you know, with Paul McShane, he was on the pitch in the first half. He was a difference for me. Uh, we got back into it, but unfortunately, just not enough to... We huffed and puffed, but just couldn't blow the Castleford house down. No, I, I thought it was a disappointing performance, Rob, to be honest with you. Um, like I said before, Castleford are a big side, they've got a big, big pack, and I thought they bossed it in the forwards, really, and we, we were lacking those big men. Um, our first choice pack is out injured, and you're always going to miss that. But when they named Peter Matautier and Jordan Turner at the half-backs, I thought we've got more than a chance of beating them here. We know all about um, Paul McShane, so why let him run? They scored five tries, Cass, all from close range. The first three in the first half, no one put. He could have played a dinner suit, Paul McShane. You've got to be quick around Mark, haven't you? You've got to work harder around Mark. So some of them tries for me were soft. Um, I didn't think we, we did ourselves justice in that game, to be honest with you. I thought Cass were there for the taking. Um, disappointed. No, a disappointing performance. And, you know, you, you get that. I don't, like I said, I don't think, I said it on my report, I don't think you could lack the effort of the players. I thought they worked hard. Um, I think it was smartness sometimes in the game, the way we let them get on top of us, and you know, just 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 little things, little things we could have tweaked and things we could have done better. You know, Kenzio and Burgess both scored good tries, both finished really really well. I thought Eskeri looked dangerous. Igano showed some nice touches. Wasn't so sure about Kevin Brown at loose forward. I thought, I don't say he got found out. I thought he worked hard, but Cass targeted him. Not a loose forward, is he? So they were targeting, they were running at him, they warned him out, really. So, uh, so no, it, I, th- I was disappointed. I, th- I thought we, sh- we should have beat Cass. Tactically, uh, Parker, Richard Marshall went for four half-backs across, across the field. <clears throat> kind of worked in certain parts, certain parts it didn't. With Kevin Brown playing a loose forward and playing as a loose forward rather than splitting the field and having half-backs on either side. Um, like Paul said, it clicked sometimes, sometimes it didn't. And uh, it'll be something to think about uh, for you know for the next few games beyond because obviously the injuries are still there. Uh, players aren't coming back anytime soon by the sound of it, so you're going to have to have a think about sort of how that functions really. Uh, I, I think Paul's just summed it up. I think he's just said everything that I wanted to say. I was I was really disappointed before the game when I saw the when I saw the, the lineup. I thought we, we've got we can take these, knowing that also that Paul McShane. I think everybody in rugby league knew he wasn't fully fit. Mm. But rather than targeting when we had the ball and run at him, we, we did completely the opposite. And then when he got the ball, we didn't put any pressure on him at all. I don't. I, I just don't get why you don't look at the opposition's main player. I thought this after the lead defeat. I don't think I wasn't. I want. I didn't come on the podcast that week. That if you've watched a team, you know what they're gonna. You know the strengths. You know the weaknesses. Just try your best to stop it. And we didn't do anything about it. The Cass tries, I'm not taking any away from Cass, but every single one of them was soft. Mm. Really, really soft. Defensively, we, we just fell apart. Um, and we had second half, we had so much ball and did nothing with it. We didn't give it the three quarters in the space that they'd been given on the Monday before. You know, we were just talking about the whole game, how good we were, the, the outside backs, because we knew our forwards couldn't take them on, you know, in terms of size. The same applied to Cass, but we went down the middle all the time. This this inside ball, even even ten yards from the line, trying to crash over. We haven't got forwards big enough to do that when your pack's missing. Get the ball to Kenzio, Inu, Sargentson, Burgess, or Escare. Ten yards from the line, you're gonna have a chance. I think we just got everything wrong. I don't know. I, people on the day were saying, oh, I don't think it was bad. We worked hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the players for the effort. We lacked brains out there. Tactically, we got it all wrong. The the Kevin Brown playing at loose forward thing, I, I'm i not Wayne Bennett, but I'd have told you that wouldn't work. You know, I don't know we lost Harvey and Harvey Levette in the warm-up. Massive blow. The kids, it's a sensation for me. 
So we we had to move things about, but like you just start forward at loose forward and put Kevin Brown on the bench. And if you have to, let him bring it on with his experience when the game needs something bringing to it. You know, that, that little bit of a, you know, a tactical kick or, or what, if the game's not going your way. I just think it was all wrong. And he was so disappointing after Monday. I mean, if we could have backed up with another win, you know, the last two games, we got Warrington away and Saints at home. I mean, let's be honest, we, we're not really looking at much, are we? You know, that would have been a nice way just to end the season for everybody, you know, at the Magic Weekend, in front of everybody, in front of the Sky cameras, send everyone home. Big, big Salford travelling fans, by the way. That They were magnificent again. <laughs> Uh, on on Saturday, it was it was a great turnout, the most I've seen in a, in a Magic weekend. Anyway, um, and I just thought we got it wrong. I, I think obviously with Brown playing at loose forward, it was all about pivots. And if you're going to play sort of four pivots, you need runners. And unfortunately, we had more Chiefs and Indians, if you know what I mean. And you're asking your forwards to do extra sort of sort of running. We'll look at the stats in a minute, and all your forwards are knocking on hundred. And that, and that shows the art of graft they did. But Richard Marshall talks about in his press conference, which, show, which we'll put on in a minute, that it has its advantages, Paul, of playing a ball, playing loose forward, but then you lose the extra goal forward you would have is in a loose forward who plays loose forward. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was the wrong decision. I mean, just looking at that Paul McShane, he played the game on one leg, for God's sake. Yeah. He, he should have stopped him. He wasn't fit on the day. I mean, I don't think he played the full the full game there. So, he, I mean, there was his try before our time. We got right back into the game. That Oliver Holmes goes over. I mean, what? Grandma could have tackled him there. They were, they were doing that. I mean, he just walked in. It is poor. But that sort of defence, it costs you games, doesn't it? So, for me, we looked like we were going to get back into it. We got a 40-20 in the second half. And I think it was 22. I can't remember what the score was at the time. We, we, we was in it anyway. We got the 40-20. I thought, right, we've got a chance here. And I think we cocked it up on the first tackle. Yeah. Sometimes it, our attack, it's, it's so clunky sometimes. And and yeah, there's there's too many people. And I mean, the halfbacks, Lola Rear and Agarno, I don't think that partnership works. I don't think that partnership <laughs> works at all. So no. I think that, that needs work on. I, I mean, another guy who I thought played well and he's had a bit of stick this season is Morgan Escudet. I thought he was pretty exciting again. I still think he needs to work on his defence, but he works hard and um, I thought he, he played well. The backs were good. I thought Sargison, who for me, has, has looked like he's lost a bit of weight to me and not, not looked right since he's had his COVID and he's starting to build himself up and I thought he got in the game and, and did okay. Forwards did big minutes, but it's all right having these pivots on the pitch, but if they're not organising and not doing the job that they're supposed to do, I mean, how many times did we just dolly the ball up on the last tackle? The attacking kick, there was no attacking kicks there and, and like Park, he said that, Fall back on the inside. You ain't going to fool nobody. You're 20 yards out from somebody's line. You've got to test. You've got to test the opposition. Put the ball on the floor. Get a repeat set. We're, we're too easy to defend against sometimes. Cass were just gobbling it up. And when we did, we had a lot of ball there, but we never really looked like scoring for me. So uh, so that's my my sort of 2-2 two, two penneth on it. But no, I was, I was disappointed. You know, when you travel up there and like Parky said... I was in press box for the Salford game and I was watching the supporters and I, I walked around and met my mum and dad after that game. And when I sat down, somebody actually commented to me, a couple of people, it was Andy Wilson actually used to write for the Guardian. He said, blimey, he said, Salford have brought a lot of supporters, haven't they? Look, they're really vocal and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, so we've got a good following there. I was really proud that, you know, people in the press had actually noticed that. You know, we get a lot of bad press, don't we, about crowds and that. They're all masked up there. And I thought, well, we let them down a bit, really, a bit disappointed. And I thought the effort was good, but it's just the application, I think, for me on the. Uh, on the weekend, just 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 wasn't good enough. Yep, Hingano scored his first try as well, which is which is good. Parquet, obviously, you, you'd be looking for, for for a contract. Another player who's who's obviously looking for another, you know, couple of big performances <coughs> to see if he, Richard Marshall decides if he uh, is worth a contract for next year. Yeah, he seemed off the pace the other day. I will say that. And like Paul said, I don't think that him and Tui work particularly well together. The ball seemed to come to him and he seemed to have to freeze and think about what was coming next rather than just being automatic, let the ball go or do, you know what I mean? It seemed to stop with, with King Arno a little bit. I'm not knocking the guy, he needs time. He's only been here, you know, a short time. Give him a full pre-season, let him work his way in, you know, and then next year he might be half-back. We don't know, again, don't know what's happening with Tui. His contract's obviously coming up. So, uh, get, you know, give him time. I'm not knocking the guy at all. And I think, 
it, that it probably goes back a little bit to that four pivots. Um, you know, for having four halfbacks on a pitch, it's not going to work. Who's doing what? Mm. Who's controlling the play? Who knows who's setting up what play next? Yeah. You can't, it doesn't work. We tried it at Wigan for a short time, didn't we, in that, in that second half? And yeah, no, it doesn't work. I know we short played and somebody's got to play, but that, that's not right. But uh, no, I th- I'm just I'll give him time now. You know, he's been brought in halfway through a season. He's had to settle, you know, family and all that. It's not easy. Um, let him get used to everything, get a pre season in a minute. He'll probably be, you know, a better player for it. Um, but if we do, you know, if, if someone like Tui is staying, which we, I don't know, and Brody Croft's coming over, and obviously, no, Kev Brown's going to retire, but we've still got, you know, Chris Ack in there. We, we've got to, we've got to put a stamp on who's who, who does what. Um, it's, it, it just seems a little bit bitty at the moment, but uh, no, you know, like I say, I'm not knocking him. It just, I don't think he was great, but good, good for him to get, a, you know, he's, he's tried. I'm sure that'll give him a bit of confidence going forward. I thought it was his best performance through us so far. I'm not saying he was a world beater. I just thought he scored his try and we, we looked a little bit of WD-40. Not, not need a bit more, but we, you know, it's it's getting there. Um, looking at the stats, Paul, top tacklers. Kevin Brown with 29. That's probably the most he's done, most he's done all season <laughs> in one game. Uh, Ryan Lannon, 31. Oliver Roberts, 20. 34, Chris Atkin 46, and Ellis Robson 37. Uh, so forwards uh, taking a bit of a pounding, but obviously against big pass, big castle of pack, that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, um, and as I said before, Daryl Powell's not daft, is he? I think he, he said to his forwards, particularly that Holmes who, who works works hard, George yeah. Griffin, that Jesse Sillon Lafayette was not the biggest guy in the world, is he? But he gets through quite a bit of work, that Massey as well. I'd have said to them, just run at Kevin Brown because he's playing loose forward, get him working his socks off. And Kevin Brown's not on there for his tackling, he's on there for his for his creativity. So, uh, so yeah, it, 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 it was strange that. And, and one person that has not been mentioned for ages, and, and I'm, I wonder where he is and what he's doing, is Declan Patton. What's happened to him? Because he was fit the other week. Because I saw it, he was in. He was training with the team when I went to see the training. So, has he completely fell out of favour? Because if I remember rightly, he only got a one-year contract, didn't he? So, um, his contract will be up for renewal next season. So, from what I gather, are we not going to keep him because he's not played? So, um, we've changed it round quite a few times, and, he, and he's never really had a look in, has he? So, uh, so no, I, I thought Igarno did okay. He took his try well, but. He is off the pace for me at times, and um, he, he looks like a rabbit in the headlights at times, and he, and he can't get to the to the speed of the game. But to 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 err on his defence, you need time to to develop, and you need time to settle into a squad as well. Plus, it doesn't help when you're changing half back partners and things like that. So I think maybe next season we need to nail an half back partnership down, don't we? We can't keep tinkering about with it every week and, and swapping things around because you look at every other side of Super League, they have a six and a seven. And, you know, if they're not injured, they play together every week, don't they? So uh, we we've, we've tried that many people there this season. It's been uh, been like test and trace, hasn't it? So um, <laughs> so so no, but I don't know what's happening with, with Patton. I'll, I'll be honest, but I just find it strange how he's, he's not, not really had a look in. Uh, top meter makers: uh, Sam Luckley with ninety two, Ken Seal with ninety eight, Joel Burgess with ninety one, Ryan Lannan with ninety nine, Greg Burgess Burgess. 95, Josh Johnson 99 and Dan Sargenton 100 uh, Parker, like I said if you've got four pivots, you need your forwards to, to make metres and you know, it looks like they, they, gave, they gave an effort because I always say, if you can get sort of 5-6 over 100 we didn't get quite over 100 but we were we were, we were were virtually there uh, you're on you're on for something so it shows the forwards did work hard Yeah they, they they did work hard, and that's that's the point. But it wasn't wasn't fruitful, was it? You know, it's our, our tries came when we give the ball out wide mm. again. You know, that's that's just simple. You know, you watch the game and, and see that. I just want to go back to something there. You're going about the tackles. I'm sure you said Chris Atkin did 46 or something. Uh, yep. Now Chris Atkin isn't built to do 46 tackles. No. But as another thing that Carl Harrison said years ago, I, I, I must have a love affair with Carl Harrison. Um, <laughs> Is that you? As, as everybody knows these days, but you would target halfback to run at in defence to tire them out, take them out of the game. We've got four halfbacks on the pitch who aren't great at defending. That's not their role. I understand that, 
So Daryl Powell, being the coach that he is, will have sat down, looked at our team sheet and gone, well, there's four players we can target in defence constantly, which will A, help us make metres, because they're not very, you know, they're not big defensive players, and B, we'll tire them out when they're going forward. Mm. Again, that's why, just, just another point on why it didn't work, but uh, going forward, we seem to make, in, it's been, in the second half, quite a few metres. I think we struggled again in the first half. But in the second half, we did, we got ourselves to their line a lot more, but just, there wasn't the size and power. And I understand that the, pit, the pack's missing. On the other flip side of it, how many of that pack will be there next year? We, we don't know that, do we? So, something we're going to have to just deal with. Um, we can't just keep blaming, you know, he didn't play and he didn't play, but uh, they they tried hard. They you know they worked the socks off, but Castleford were just you know bigger and stronger, and that's that's what won the game. Because if if the if the ball had been playing in the same way that we did against Hull, our outside backs would have demolished Cass. I really do think so. I think in every position in that back five, if you like, we were better than them. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't give them the ball in the right areas because again we hadn't gone forward enough and, and you know spread Cass, tired them out, made them work hard. Um, so it's something we've got to address. Hopefully next year we can bring in another couple of big lads, um, and, and, and they can do that job. But yeah, we we, we really lack uh, a bit of size. But I'm not I'm not going to knock them for effort. I spoke to Richard Marshall after the game, uh, and this is what I had to say. Coach's corner. Right, Ricky, it's Rob. Hi, Rob. Defeat today, but there wasn't much between the two sides. No, there wasn't. There was, there was. Um, I thought they took their opportunities. We probably didn't take ours, um, but at the same time, we, I thought we would look creative with the ball. Um, uh, I thought our kicking game was really good as it has been. Uh, just defensively, we're a little bit loose in and around that rook, um, which. Which created some problems for us field position wise, um, but they were a desperate team. They looked desperate today, um, and, and, yeah, and they just got got over the top of us. But you know, there was nothing in it. Well, there was four points in it with with fifteen minutes to go, and just we weren't quite quite clinical enough at that point. Yeah, you played Kevin Brown at loose ball, which we had four halfbacks on the field. Didn't that help with our sort of attacking play? In some respects, it did. In some respects, it didn't. Uh, but, you know, Kev did a really good job defensively. Um, we, yeah, we, you know, there's some there's some changes that, that were forced. Uh, we just thought we wanted Kevin involved in the game and, and, and we defended him a little bit wider. So he didn't he didn't get that traffic, but he, he found himself in, in the mix a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, I think it helped us in some respects. But uh, I also think we, we lacked a little bit of go forward off the back of that. Yeah, we hung in in the second half. Showed good mental strength and physical strength as well. Is that something to build on for the next two games? Yeah, we've had that over the last couple of weeks. And that is certainly something to build from. We, you know, we'll get tested again against Warrington and St. Helens, two quality teams going for, uh, you know, going for, looking for a, a grand final spot. So we've just got to make sure that we prepare really well over the next couple of weeks. We will not throw the towel in. We won't do that. We'll keep working hard. Uh, there's not a lot at stake for us, but at the same time, that that creates uh, that 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 creates some some problems as well. Um, but in terms of motivation, we're, we're fully motivated to finish the season really well. Yeah, Casper are a playoff chasing team. How far away do you think we are from from that? Not far. I, I really don't. I don't. I think we had a couple of one-on-one misses. But our discipline was a lot better. I thought we had a couple of calls that didn't go our way. Uh, you know, we, we, I thought we got tackled in the air a couple of times. Um, I don't think there was a lot between those two teams. Uh, if I'm being honest, I think defensively they were a little bit stronger than us. Um, but yeah, there was there was not a lot. Yeah, we picked up a few. Another obviously challenge for the squad in the next two games. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea who will be available for next week. Um, yeah, we'll have to we'll, we'll sit down and. and, and Hopefully we can get a couple back. You know, Elijah Taylor, uh, James Greenwood, possibly Paulie. Paulie, you know, there's a couple of lads on the periphery who, who couldn't. They were all injured. They those three players, but we're, we might have to nurse them back to health this week. Yeah, Warrington away uh, next week. Uh, another sort of game against another team that's sort of chasing something. Yeah, yeah, and we want to be chasing things as well. You know, we want to be one of those teams, and we're not quite there at the moment. 
not been the greatest of seasons, but but we've picked up. I think we've picked up a lot over the last couple of weeks. There's some boys in there who who have got some really good experiences uh, that they've learned over the last couple of weeks, and and uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put our strongest team out, and we'll have a real good goal over these next two weeks. Cheers, Rick. Good luck. Thank you. So that was Richard Marshall, Paul talking after the game. He talked about how. Castleford took their opportunities. Um, we weren't sort of clinical in in in, in attack, which we've said, and he, he obviously held his hand up about the sort of the defensive effort. He said it was slack. So you know he's not he's not sort of blind to this. He know he knows that there was issues, uh, and you're just hoping they can uh, he can fix them up for Warrington on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm sure he will. Um, on the on the day on Saturday, um, I, when I was sat in the press bit, I, I sat as high up as I could because. The stands that I there at Newcastle, it was raining a bit. So, I, unknowing to me, I was sat right in front of Richard Marshall. So, I could hear all, all he was saying all the way through the game. And uh, let me tell you, people who say he's not not that passionate or whatever, he blooming well is. He was going mad all through the game. It was great listening to him, you know, getting a bit of an insight into what he was saying. And, you know, just the things that they say on the radio and tell him to go and do this, tell him to go and do that. So, it was really interesting, to be honest with you. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure he'll fix things up. And I know Parky said before about Warrington's going to be a tough game. We've got an 18-point start on the coupon, by the way, as well. But I think we've, we've got a chance in this game. I do, because I think Warrington blow up and cold. So, uh, we go there with the right attitude and, uh, you know, you, you can get something out of that game. But we do need to fix things around a bit. I don't think going with uh, with four half-backs on the pitch this week is going to help, really. So, uh, I think you'll probably change things around there. But it all depends on, on injuries and things. I think one guy we missed on, on Saturday was Jack Armourad as well. He's another big man, failed his head test, didn't he, after the whole game. So, I, I would have thought he'd be back in the team. So, he'll give us a bit of a boost going there against what is a big packet at Warrington. Yeah, was it like sitting next to the ex-Huddersfield coach? Um, was he all potty mouth or was he, was he like just getting his point across without having to carry Ryan Wilkinson's bleep around? He shout, I tell you when he shouted, um, he, he shouted, at, there was a penalty when, um, who was it? That no, was a ridiculous decision as well. Um, Escudé got penalised. We had the ball and yeah. I can't remember what he got penalised for and we had the ball. And even I jumped up, and there's two guys in front of me, two writers who, who turned around to say, "What are you shouting at?" And Reese <laughs> Williams just sat behind me, and I could see him giggling. And I thought, "Well, I'm not really impartial, me, because sometimes you get get lost in it." But uh, but no, Richard Marshall's um, he's a gentleman, absolute gentleman. He's no no swearing from Richard Marshall. But where's his heart on his sleeve? I think, and uh, I think he's a good bloke. Good. Um, he also mentioned, obviously, about the injuries. Um, said that, that obviously they're trying to get through these next two games. Parky, they'll they'll try the best. They'll they'll be committed to the cause, and that's you know a good thing. Uh, you know, for us, we as supporters, we we want uh, to see the commitment to the cause. Obviously, injuries is a big problem, uh, but the boys who are fit will 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 try the best. Yeah, I don't I don't think any player goes out to lose at all. I think they, they, you know just professional pride more than anything. We 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 just. We lack a bit of quality, don't we? Certainly in the pack, that's that's the problem. That that a lot of them players. I mean, losing Moose was was a huge blow. Not only the, as a captain, but yeah, and a leader, but yeah, as a prop forward. You know, Big Seb, he's gone. You know, Paul, he's not played for for I don't know how long. I'm not really sure why, but that's another matter. We haven't had Greenwood all year. Virtually, was it was really impressed me when he has played. You know, Armand like you say, Levette was out. He, he, we, we can go on forever. Oh, no, you know, Elijah Taylor and his experience, what, what he would bring. Um, so, yeah, we do like that, but we lack leadership. That's that's one of the big things, and that's why, you know, losing Lee was, was huge. Uh, we've not had time to sort of put in place something. I know Greg Burke's kind of carrying that at the moment, but I don't see that as Greg's role in many ways. I don't think he's that kind of guy. He's, he's a great, a great bloke, very funny as well. You know, someone you'd probably love to spend time with, but... Um, on the pitch, I don't, I don't know if he's the right man. So going forward, that's something we've got to address for next year. Maybe someone like Taylor with that experience, um, you know, an, a, a, an international player, he might take that role. But that's the problem we've got, and, we, and we've got to deal with it. And I don't know if Warrington. I know we're going to talk about it in a bit, but I don't know if Warrington have got anything really to play for other than, you know, because they'll be in the playoffs, and I'm not really sure, but. Uh, and I don't know if we've got the week after, whether they'll just rest a few or, you know, if there's a couple of knocks, don't take the risk. Because I know I watched them against Wigan and it, it was a rough game. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think any of the players have, have, have let us down as such in terms of going out and giving what they've got. It's, it's just some of them have been playing on you know one leg or, or whatever, and it's fitness has been an issue for us. But uh, you know, we just got just got to look forward now and try and get the, the rest of this season played out and hope to restart next year and let's hope we can get a, you know a full season in, uh, an even season where it's not. Somebody's played twenty odd games and somebody's played seventeen. It doesn't make any sense, but um, yeah, no, just you know, you just got to wish them well and, and say thanks for your efforts this year, boys. Paul, I asked Richard Marshall how far away we were from being a playoff side. He said not very far. What do you think? Um, honestly, mm. I don't think. I don't think that he's. I think the league's pretty close. I don't think we're a million miles away. He's right. He is right there. I think you're probably one or two signs away. A bit of consistency. Take COVID out of the equation as well. For a side like us, who's not got a massive squad or an academy or an A-team or anything like that, when you've got this COVID fight and you're about every week, it's difficult. So um, I think we've got the makings of a decent side. I think there's one or two players. This might sound really harsh now. And I, I mean this as respectful as I can. I think there's one or two players in the squad who aren't good enough. Who aren't Super League players. I would never dream of naming names. I wouldn't. But there is one or two players who I don't think cut the mustard. And that's that's not me being out of order. I just I just don't think they are. Um, so it, it depends next season. It depends who you bring in. Like before, when you're talking about Ken Seo going, it's who you bring in to replace him. If you bring someone who's not as good as Ken Seo, you're not going to finish as well as you have done this season. So we, we've got to be smart with recruitment. It's, it's difficult. I spoke to Paul King last week and he was... He was really honest with the supporters. He came to Supporters Trust and he sat there, he was having a pint and he just he was just chatting to everybody that was there openly, honestly, and telling us about you know what things are and how things are and this, that and the other. And it, it's, it must be so difficult running that and you know sort of spreading the money about because you, you, you've got to have a squad, haven't you? And you know we signed this Croft and I don't know how much money he's going to get paid, but you, you've got to make sure you've got the balance in your team. You can't just sign one big name player and have a load of people on 10 grand a year who, who are not up to it. So... No, I don't think we're a million miles off, Rob. We proved that this season in some of the games we've played. It's just it's just frustrating. It's like the league game the other week. How come we couldn't go and win at Lee? Why did we lose that game? They got absolutely tonked at Catalan with 60 points. But it's little things like that. You know, you had two points on there. There's another two points. We could have finished higher up the table this season. There's been games where we've been really, really poor. And there's been other games where we've been all right, and there's been other games we played well. So it's, we've been very inconsistent for me, and that's something that, that Richard Marshall needs to sort out. I think the discipline seems to be getting on top of. He needs to make his mark now and stamp his mark on it. Um, he's had his, he's had a taste of it now. I think there's been good things done this season. Some players have improved and done really well. I think there's some a lot you can take out of this season, but. It's been very hit and miss again. You've only got to look at the league table. Everyone's played a different amount of games and it's, it's very difficult to gauge. So, so yeah, I think Richard's right. I don't think we're... Sorry for the long-winded answer. I don't think we're a million miles away. I think um, I think we just need a few tweaks on that. Yeah, I think if you can get a ball playing loose forward and another big forward prop, like a grizzly one, I think we're, we're a playoff side. Um, we've got the experience of sort of the last few years of, of getting to big games off the field uh, we've got players who are, who are hungry who want to achieve at Salford so that will be a good uh, chemistry good recipe uh, for for success in 2032 what about you Parkett are we close to being a playoff side I don't want to be a Debbie Downer but <laughs> I, I personally I don't see it I thought we were this year I thought we had a better chance this year if if the players that are supposedly leaving leave, I'm not sure we will. I don't think there's enough good talent out there for us to improve that much mm. to get us from second bottom to the top six. I I could be very wrong, and I don't know what's happening with promotion. If Toulouse come up, I mean they've got a magnificent side already. I'm sure they'll have money to to spend and add to their squad. I don't think you know they're not going to be as weak as Lee. That's that's a definite. So. It's going to be very, 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 very tough for us next year, I think. Um, I don't want to be negative. I hate it. But I've got to be honest. And I, I just think that that we're not... If we'd, have, if we'd have kept the players fit throughout the year, great. But a lot of them players, like 
Lee Moss up and obviously Kev Brown's retiring and a couple might be leaving and Paulie Paulie will be going, uh, sorry, uh, Seb will be going back to his, you know, back to Huddersfield and things like that. I, I, I think that's, I think it's going to be hard to replace them all. The only thing is that a few of them might have been on higher wages than, than perhaps players we might bring in. So that might be help us add a little bit more to the squad. I don't know, but I, I want to be optimistic and I want to see it, but I don't think we've moved on as much as I wanted this year with the players that we had. And I know, like I say, we've had injuries and COVID and everything else. But at the start of the season, we, we had this conversa- conversation be- between us and I didn't see a reason why we couldn't finish in the top six looking at our squad. Hasn't happened. We've been unlucky at times. But so, you know, every team's lost players. There's no, you can't, you can't, you know, sort of use that as a massive excuse. I just think at times, tactically, and certainly in attack, we've been found wanting. Uh, and I don't know where you I don't know where you get that from. I don't know how we improve that. Um but I could be proved wrong and I certainly hope I am. I certainly hope, you know, people can get in touch with with, with you guys later next season and say that lad, you know, is talking absolute nonsense. But <laughs> it's just how I feel right now. I think Paul mentioned before inconsistency. That is a massive thing. If we, there's no way anyone can tell me if we'd have played the way we did against Hull, against Lee and Castleford, we wouldn't have had three wins on a bounce. That's mm. you know, and, and like Paul said, oh, I further up the table. Do you want to go then? Then I'd be looking at going, yeah, we we can do it, but we can't. We we don't back it up week to week, and that's what all the good teams do, and that's where we need to improve massively. It's more what goes on off the pitch and behind the scenes for me. But don't forget this this team isn't wasn't built by Richard Marshall. He only brought one. So he has an off season parker to bring his old men in. If you can see the players that he's brought in, Ellis Robson, for example, he's good. He's 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 picking players that he thinks will fit into his uh philosophy. So you've got to think of it that way. Yeah, we're clink we're we're running around, you're clunking a bit, but how many of, of that team in Richard Marshall's head, in an ideal world, fits into his philosophy in the way he plays? That's the question you ask yourself. Uh, I think the trouble is that those players might not even exist. Mm. Those players he wants, we might not be able to afford. True. You know, let's be honest, I want the Australian Test team. We can't. We're not allowed by the rules and money. You know, that's that's how it is. I don't... You can't... A lot of managers go into... You see it in football all the time. A manager goes into a club and has to, to, to use what he's got. But that's that's the job. That's you know, if you didn't if you didn't like the squad when he looked at it, when he went for the manager's role, mm. don't take the job. You knew who we'd signed. You knew who we've got. I'm not going to go at Richard. I'm just saying in general that's how it works. You know what you've got. You've got to work with them, and it's your job to improve them. That's that's make players better. Uh, how many of our players are actually better now than they were at the start of the season? That's that's my big concern going forward. That's a that's a good point he's made there. Paul, Richard Marshall's all about development and uh, from what we see, it's not quite clicking. Well, no, I think people um, have said a lot this season about Milado, who used to be there before Richard Marshall, Ian Watson. Um, he, he gets a bit of stick, doesn't he? But when he was at Salford, the sign of a decent coach is he used to bring players in and make them better. I mean, how many star names did, did, did Ian sign? We, we, we brought players in there and he improved them and moulded them into a, a decent side. So I think that's going to be the sign of Richard Marshall. He's not going to have multi-million pounds to spend next season. So he can, the players he's targeting, he's going to have to bring in and make them better. I mean, we've all heard rumours. We all hear stuff. We all say, oh, such a body. Billy, Billy Smart signing for us next season or whoever, Joe Bloggs. We have all heard those rumours. You'll have heard them. Parky's heard them. The ones I've heard and the ones we've heard, you think to yourself, are they better than the players they've got now? They might be wrong. Those players might not come. But the ones I'm thinking of, I don't know whether they are. So it could be another season struggle. But it's difficult because we've not got that money. So Richard Marshall might not be able to get those players. He's going to have to. He's just going to have to do his best with what he's got, cut his cloth, and 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 see, and see where we end up. But the consistency is a big thing for me. And I mentioned it before in recent weeks. If we'd have had the right attitude at Lee, we'd have beat Lee. If we'd have had the right attitude in team selections at Wigan, we should have hammered Wigan. They, yeah. they, they had Jackson Hastings at full back there. And 
they moved into half back and won the game in the second half. And half decent side would have walloped Wigan that night. Mm. Okay, yeah, 40 points away from home. These were poor performances. So, yeah, we played well in patches this season, but we've all been to the games and pulled our hair out, haven't we, when we've been there. So, and, and yeah, there's an excuse for it. And you can say, oh, this, that, COVID, the other. But we've been very, very patchy and it's been disappointing, I think. You know, I'm not having a go at Richard Marshall, not, not not one bit, but we have been disappointed. We all thought we were going to do better than what we've done. But saying that, when it was looking a bit ropey, like Warrington at home, around that time, mm-hmm. time of the year, we got the sweats on, didn't we? And mm-hmm. Richard Marshall found a way through that period, Paul. Yeah. So you've got to think to yourself, well, yeah, he, he managed to cajole this team to get out of trouble. And now we'll just get through to the end of the season and we'll make what we can out of what we've got. Oh, sorry, Paul. Keep going. Sorry, no, I was going to say, for me, we, we can't judge our games on games against Saints and Warrington. I mean, even Catalan for that. We, we can only judge on the teams that we think, and would have said at the start of the year, of the teams that would have been around us. How have we competed against Cass, Hull KR, you know, even Hull? Hmm. We've got a great result at, at home, Lee. How have we done against them? You know, that, that's got to be our comparison. I, the, the Warrington game was, let's be honest, diabolical. Yeah. And I think I had a rant about it at the time, about just go have a look at yourself as a player. Don't care who you are, getting a walloping like that at home. But they're, they're, they're different. They're, they're in a different echelon to us, those, those teams. They spend big money. They've got great players, good academies, whatever. But what, what are we doing against the teams around us? Huddersfield, we, we, we did OK this year, fortunately, because that could have been... Um, that could have been a turning point for a lot of fans. Mm, um, Wakefield, well, unfortunately, we've you know we've not had the the proper run against Wakefield, have we? Because of cancellation and that kind of thing. But have we been good enough in them games? Probably not. That's mm. that's the thing. If, if we beat those teams around us, we finish mid-table playoffs. That's how you do it. We're second bottom, and that's probably where most performances would put us. It's fair. It's a fair shout, Parky. It's a fair shout. We'll see what what happens for next next year. Big thanks for three with match reports, man. Matches Rick Andrew. Uh, he was at Apple about Chris Kendall's performance. No. Adam Wild. Well, no, sorry, not quite enough. Sorry, uh, Tui. John Wait better than expected. Tui. Paul mate Roy Ellaby five soft tries. Ken Seo for scoring another try. Colin Wilson de- costly defensive lapses. Johnson. Colin Reynolds. Goal line defence was awful. Tui. Paul Foster, lack of direction. Tui. Reclaim Salford, full pack missing. Tui. Nicholas Fletcher, no middles available. Tui. It's a pattern here, Parky. Obviously, without the big forwards, we'll, we, we lack the, the steel. But the players who are playing in the, in the forwards, in the middles, are grafting, so we can't really kind of moan. David Deakin, Kendall was okay. His man of the match was Tui. Andrew, fitness is a worry. Tui. Paul, do you think our fitness is a worry? No, 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 I don't think the fitness is a worry. To be honest with you, um, it, can, it can be shown that in that sort of way. Sometimes I think if you if you watch a match and you, you'll you'll see different things, what other supporters will see different things to you. So it's like the injuries. I know people have said. I know Paul King tweeted it didn't the full pack was missing, but yeah, I get that. I do get that. But like I said Paul McShane on one leg. They had two blokes at halfback who don't play halfback, so they they had players missing. They had forwards missing, so they they've got players out. So every team does, don't they? So it was just the, the manner of it, really. I I didn't think we were good enough in that game. And just thinking back before about the about the matches, yeah, we're not going to get judged against Warrington, but Ulkar away forty points to four. Leeds twice. Leeds are no better than those sides we've talked about. They're a mid-table team. They've tonked us twice. Lee. You know, the, the the Castleford games, we've not been good enough in those games, have we? And that's why we're going to finish second bottom. Even on that percentage thing, I don't think the league table's going to lie, is it? It's not going to lie. And I mean, what, the one thing that's really, really brassing me off at the moment is the fact that Lee have won one match yeah. and it was against us and we were appalling in that match. And if they go through to the end of the season and they've only won that game, I think it's an embarrassment. Matt. I mean, nothing against Lee whatsoever, but that that to me was a very, very disappointing day. David Snape gave everything man of the match was Hingano and finally 
Bob Sutton, uh, Nappy about the defence. So that's the the three with match reports. Uh, big thanks for everyone. We'll be uh, looking forward to the next two over the next uh, few games, and uh, we'll be reading them out like always on the show. So we've been going an hour, boys. So what we think we'll do, we'll uh, we'll clip this one, uh, this podcast, and we'll we'll put out another one uh, tomorrow, and uh, where we're going to. Go through all the big news coming out of the club in the last two weeks and uh, preview the game against Warrington on Saturday. So, big thanks for tuning into this uh, podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you tomorrow. <laughs>